Let's look to the Word here this morning. We're going to be over in the book of Colossians in chapter 3. Book of Colossians in chapter 3. There was a four-year-old and a six-year-old who presented their mom with a house plant. They had used their own money and went to the flower store and they were bought it and just thrilled to be able to bring this home for mom. The, the older one of them said with a sad face, says, there was a bouquet of flower uh, at the flower shop that we wanted to give you. It was, it was real pretty, but it was just too expensive for us. It had a ribbon on it, and the ribbon said, rest in peace. And we thought it would be just perfect since you were always asking for a little peace so you can rest. We're going to be talking about peace here this morning. That as we are called to reign in life, and we have been called to reign in our kingdom, not everyone reigns. We looked at the verse over in Romans. In fact, we ought to go back to that. Just uh, quickly, we haven't read that for a few weeks. For up by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more those who received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. We are called to reign in life. We are called to reign in life through righteousness. We've spent some time looking at righteousness. Last week we were looking at conscience and how we can have a good conscience and how important that is to our walk and the things that we do. But here we want to take a look at the Colossians and we're going to see some things that help us stand guard. And we put this at the end. I'm going to tell you this part at the beginning. How many, how many rulers, how many kings do you know who stand guard of their own kingdom? How many rulers of kingdoms stand guard over their own kingdom? They have people for that, don't they? If the president were to pull in a town, would he be... Standing guard? No, he's got people for that. They're not less important people. That's just people that are, that's their job to protect him. If you have a kingdom, you have, you know, they had that big UN thing going on last week. What a fiasco that was, but all these folks coming on in. What was real interesting was how much time they spent on global warming and every one of them came in with about 20 cars. <laughs> Planes and helicopters and cars and every one of them from every country. They're bringing all these cars and all this stuff. Now we're going to get together and talk about the importance of cutting back on global emissions and such things like that. just seems to be a little funny. But none of them had to stand guard for themselves. They had people that were to do that. So we're going to take a look at some things that are here to help us stand guard as we rule and reign in life. In Colossians chapter 3, you can flip on over there. It's also going to be up on the screen. If you just want to look on that, you are free to do so. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now, if then is more, more, we would read this more like since you were. He's not saying if you were, like are you? But since you were. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. <clears> the <throat> first thing he exhorts here is to set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. How many of y'all know there's enough going on in this world to, that you could set your mind someplace else? We got things going over on the economy, you know, this and that about the economy, and, uh, and we could set our mind on the economy. The word's getting out that Iran has a nuclear bomb. How many of you know we can set our minds on that? 
We know that Korea wants to start firing missiles across the Pacific. How many knows we could set our minds on those kind of things? But what, what should we set our minds on? Set your mind on things above. That doesn't mean you, can, you have to just ignore all these other things. We can know what's going on around the world. But thank God we don't have to be nervous. We don't have to be concerned over it. We don't have to be all fretful and all that sort of stuff. But know what's going on around the world. Be, be attentive to it. We're supposed to have interest in that. We're supposed to be there praying for the things that are going on. We're supposed to pray that the will of God is done in all these things. So know what's going on around the world. But, you know, be careful. We've always told you, be careful about where you're getting your, your news from. But set your mind on things above. I like to listen to people who go over current events and things like that. When I get done, I don't feel afraid. I don't feel like I have to fight off fear. Some people you listen to, and that's all they want, they want to put fear in you. Ah, we don't need that. We've got enough things trying to make us afraid. If we're supposed to be in faith, we're not going to be in fear, right? So if we're in fear, we're not in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. We've got to stand in the things of faith. By faith, we were saved. By faith, we do all the things we need to do in the spirit realm. So first off, set your mind on things above. That's where we are to set our mind, on things that are above. Look at the next verse. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with faith in glory. Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth. And he begins to name them. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness which is idolatry, because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But he says to put to death. Set your mind on things above and put to death unruly associates. Put to death things that are going on in your life. They're not supposed to be going on that way. Now you think back, we don't do this anymore. You know, if somebody is acting unruly, we don't go out there and kill them. But it, it didn't always be that way. Back in the uh, early days, you know, if you went against the king or you did something they thought you were disruptive, well, they just execute you right there. No trial, not much going on. But he says here, put to death these unruly associates, these unruly members, these things going on. Get, them, get rid of them. Put them to death. You're the ruler. You can do that. Put it to death. Set your mind on things above. Put to death unruly associates. And then he's going to go on here. Of course, he named some of those. We're not, we're not here to spend a whole lot of time on those. But you can figure it out. You know, if it's against God, if it's not setting your mind above, get rid of it. Verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your own mouth. How many of you all know that you do a pretty good job getting rid of these things except when? Except when I get upset except when somebody pushes my buttons except when someone at work tries to do this except when someone rips me off but the the exceptions aren't in here they left them out he just said get rid of them but now you yourselves are to put off all these not half of them how many of y'all know if you put off half of them you think you're doing pretty good he said all anger now of course the word of God tells us you can be angry and not sin and follow God's pattern in that you can be but anger wrath malice blasphemy filthy language don't let filthy language come out of your mouth if you know it's not right it doesn't matter if you're upset it doesn't matter if you're trying to make a point 
Godly language can make any point you need. <laughs> Look at all the points God made in the Word of God didn't use filthy language. Don't feel like you've got to use filthy language just to get your point across. You don't need to do that. Just because the world does. Just because it sounds funny. Nah, don't do all that. But put all these things out. Get rid of anger. Get rid of, you know, anger is the wrong kind of anger is when someone comes against you, someone does something against you, and you get angry about it. Get angry when they do harm to other people. Get angry when they come against God. Not when they come against you. Stop getting angry over their wrath, malice, going around talking about people, putting people down. Anyway, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Don't be out there lying either. Tell the truth. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision. So he says, set your mind on things above, put to death the unruly members, and put on the new man. Those are the things we need to do. Put on the new man. But then look at what he does here. Whether there is neither, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, for Christ is all and in all. In other words, stop classifying people. Stop looking at, well, this one's this way and this one's that way. Well, they're just angry because they're this, they're, they're this way. They're of this sort. They were brought up this way. Or they have this heritage. How many know there is no heritage that's allowed to get angry? There is no heritage that's allowed to cuss. Put off, get rid of the old man. Get rid of these things. But we keep always classifying people. We keep trying to put all this stuff in. We told you before when the elections were going on last, last year and all the stuff the media was going to try and do. Do not let them drive the separations between you. I think you've all done a pretty good job with that. My hat's off to you. You're all doing, doing pretty good. Because they're, they're, trying, they're trying to get everybody focused on race. Boy, they've done that in the last couple of weeks. Jimmy Carter gets up there and starts saying that anybody who criticizes the president is what? A racist. Well, that's just ridiculous. And what's that get the focus on? seemed to me when the campaign was going on that it was fine for Hillary to say that if you uh, disagree with any administration, it was all right. She had her whole speech about that. It's okay to disagree with this administration or any administration. It's okay. You know what? Disagree with principles. But who cares who, who, <laughs> what color their skin is, where they came from? That doesn't make a hill of beans. But there's principles. There are principles. I think... I heard some of the things that that our president was saying on some of the uh, show. I think he went on uh, Letterman. I didn't see the show. I'm not uh, a watcher of uh, David Letterman. But I heard some of the things that he said on there. And he was kind of making a joke out of all the stuff that was being said by people about the race. And I thought that was good. You know, let's get people to laugh about it a little bit. Get people to joke. That's, that's sometimes what you need to, to do, lighten it up a little bit. That was probably a good diversion on the thing. But the media is still trying to get everybody to think about race. Well, you don't like him because he's white. You don't like him because he's Chinese. You don't like him because he's black. Oh, forget it. We don't need all that stuff. But here it's the same thing. And if you're going to have God's view, you have got to look at people the way God does. You've got to look at people the way God does. God does not look at, well, that's a Greek. Can't expect too much out of Greeks. I mean, they're Greeks. Well, that's a Jew. Well, that's this. No, don't be doing that. And don't be classifying people yourselves. 
We need to make sure we stay away from that. Thank God we're around people who don't. You don't have to get into all that sort of stuff. But that's what he says here. Let's read that part of it again. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, it don't matter. We're all one in Christ. And that's how we need to look at things. Put in your outline this. God is not concerned about roots. He's concerned about fruit. God is not concerned about roots. You shouldn't be concerned about roots either. He's concerned about fruits. What kind of fruit do they have? And how do you tell their fruit? A lot of times by the words that come out of their mouth. Words that come out of their mouth tell you a whole lot about people's fruit. Because the Word of God tells us that a fountain can give both bad and good water. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. You're going to know people by their fruit. Their fruit's going to expose themselves. So make sure that you stay on that, that side. Just like a Martin Luther King Jr. said in a great speech he had given. He was looking forward to the day when men were judged according to the character of their... Come on, you all know this. <laughs> Content of their character and not the color of their skin. Glory to God, what a great day that is. And you know what? It's a whole lot closer than we think. There are some stupid people out there who still try and do things like that. But thank God... Most people aren't. Most people I get to interact with, they're not that way. I thank God we've got a church full of folks that are not that way. Don't let the media tell you that everybody out there is that way or try and get you to focus on it. We all know there's always some folks out there that will always be stupid and be doing like that. But they had them in Jesus' day. They had them between now and then. And they had them before Jesus' day. And they'll always be out there. But glory to God. Look at the... Look at the character of the person. That's what we need to, to look at. Alright, well that's just the introduction for the actual verses we want to get into here. Verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, suf- meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. So we said before, set your mind on things above. Put to death unruly associates that are in your yourself, not unruly associates in other people, <laughs> but the ones that are in you. They're the ones you're supposed to take care of. Put to death the, the members that are in you, the things that are going on, the anger, the wrath, the malice, all that stuff in you. And then put on the new man. And here he says, put on tender mercies. Now this word here to put on is, is the same word you would use to get dressed in the morning. How many of you know it was a procedure to get dressed this morning? It doesn't just happen. There is a procedure to it. For some, it's a longer procedure than for others. Look around the room, you can tell. No, <laughs> I'm only kidding on that. No, it's, 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 it's a different procedure for each one. Now, some of you, it depends on how you go for the, the procedure, how you, how you get involved with it. Uh, you know, for Saturday morning, I'll go in Saturday night and I'll lay out all the stuff. Because Saturday night, I can have lights on. <laughs> and you know, it's a whole lot easier to tell if a tie works with a shirt if there's lights on. No light, you never know what you're going to get. Now generally, I wear boots, so it really doesn't matter what color my socks are because you'll never see them. 
So that doesn't make any difference. So I don't have to color coordinate those things. I could have two different socks on and none of you could tell. But, you know, you want to make sure that the shirt and the tie and the, and the, you know, the, all that sort of stuff works. And so I lay all that stuff out in the night before and have it all over there, put it on the door and, uh, can just get dressed in the dark and don't have to have, uh, all, all that stuff going on. Cause it's, it's dark out and, you know, you don't want to have to disturb everybody completely by flipping on the lights and stuff like that. And some of you will do that too. You'll lay out your, your stuff the night before so you don't have to be fiddling with all that. But if you don't, you have to get up that much earlier. You have to lay out some stuff. How many of you have done this? You know, you put these things. Does this work? Nah, I don't like the way that looks. Or sometimes you've even put the whole outfit on and then once you look at it, ah, I don't know about that. I don't do that. When I lay out the outfit on Saturday night, it is the outfit I wear on Sunday morning. I don't suddenly get inspired. Oh, I don't look in the mirror and say, hmm, this makes me look fat. That's just not something that I do. But, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll, uh, you'll go and you'll put some of those things on and, and you don't like the way that it looks. You guess maybe the mood you were in the night before isn't the mood you're in in the morning. You were in a yellow mood in the night before and now you're in more of a blue mood or a green mood or something like that. And so you put that on instead and you mix it up. And you, however it is that you get dressed, how many of you all know it's intentional? It doesn't just happen. Even people who look sloppy intended to look that way. <laughs> Didn't they? I mean, they, you look around some of the, so we, we were down um, someplace and we were looking at some, some, I think it was right out of here, some gentleman, he was walking on across the parking lot and his pants were just about down, you know, they were, they were below his butt, but <laughs> I just don't understand how that's comfortable. And But he had to plan to do that. I mean, that's not something that you're going to do by accident. That's uh, something that you're you're looking to do. But, you know, you go for whatever kind of look that you want. You put that together. You put it on. He is saying here, put on tender mercies. There is an effort that is involved. There is something that goes on. You have to put on this thing. It's just like it is when you're getting dressed in the morning. Just like it is. Every time that you get dressed in the morning, I want you to think about Colossians chapter 3 for a while. Put on tender mercies. Just like you put on that skirt or those pants or that blouse or that shirt, whatever it is that you put on, put on tender mercies. The word there for tender mercies actually comes from two words. It's trying to emphasize this here. The first one means affections, the affections of the heart and has reference to feelings of kindness, goodwill, and pity. The second word is pity, compassion for the ills of others. And it's combining them here. Then that's, and they translated probably the best they could here. Tender mercies. Mercies that have a tenderness to them. Put that on. Don't just be merciful. Be tenderly merciful. Have, I mean, sometimes you can grit your teeth and be merciful. How many have ever done that? Grit your teeth and be merciful to somebody? Oh, I don't want to. I'm going to do it. No, tenderness. Let there be a compassion to it. Let there be some, some, some emotion, some pity to it. Oh, man, I, I feel bad for how it is that you're, you're adding that. I, I want to extend mercy to you. There's tender mercies that are there. He says, put them on. Y'all know that don't come on easily, does it? Angry mercy is easier. Angry non-mercy is even easier. You know, no mercy, just anger. It's, that's not what we're supposed to do. Put on tender mercies. You've got to put it on. If you don't put it on, it will be... Picture this now. If you don't put it on, it's just like getting up in the morning and not getting dressed. You're wearing something, aren't you? But generally, we want to put clothes on. And that's a good thing to do. And what are you saying is that there is a, there's a trait on the inside of us, but put this on instead. 
Put this on. Make the effort. Put this on. Put on tender mercies. That's one of the things that we should be, be doing. He then goes on beside tender mercies. He talks about some other things to put on. Therefore, as the elect of God and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Oh, these are fun things, huh? Kindness, goodness, goodness of heart. Goodness of heart. Just, you know, kind. Be, be kind. I'll tell you what, we, we live in a world where people are just getting nasty. If you ever do anything, any work on the phones with people, how many of y'all know you get, get some nasty folks? This week I was on the phone with somebody. I forgot who it was. It was some customer service person for something that we had. And uh, they were working hard to try and figure out uh, some kind of an issue. And uh, they were getting information from me and I was giving the information to them and we were working on through it. And a couple of times for the conversation, she stopped and she, and she said, thank you for your patience. Thinking, what do you mean? <laughs> because I began to dawn on me, most people aren't, you know, if they want to ask them for a couple of pieces of information, then they get uptight, uptight with them. Now be kind. Just let that be who you are. Put it on. Just like you get dressed in the morning, put on kindness. I am kind. That's how I am. How many of you all know if you put on a blue shirt from that time forward, when people see you, they will see a, a blue shirt. If you, you should put on kindness. You should put on tender mercy. So when people interact with you, that's what they get. That's who you are. Don't take it off. Humbleness. Hum, humiliation of mind. Modesty. Humbleness of mind. Humility of mind. Lowliness of mind. Stop over there thinking about how important you are. How dare that person cut in front of me. How dare that person make me slow down. No. Be humble. Meekness. Well, the opposite of self-assertiveness and self-interest. Be meek. The opposite of self-assertiveness and self-interest. We're not supposed to be out there just seeking out for ourselves. We're supposed to be out there looking, looking for the good of others. He goes on to say, bearing with one another. We need to bear with one another a whole lot more. Sometimes we'll bear with one another up to a certain point. But he says, put this on. Now he's building to a point here. And it's real important that we understand this, this final point that he's going to have, but this is all the stuff that comes before it. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. These are the kind of attitudes that we're supposed to have. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Hey, life would be so much better if we had these things. If we were enjoying life a lot more. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Here in Colossians it adds, forgiving one another, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But oh, sometimes we just hang on to those complaints. Now, of course, nobody in this room, but other people in other rooms and other places that you probably have interacted with, you know that the people come up to you and they begin to talk about other people and about their lack of this and their insufficiencies here and their problems here. Is that bearing with each other? Is that forgiving one another? Yeah. Nah, that's how we got to stay. Be in that spot. 
be forgiving one another. And then, you know, sometimes we get into a church church setting, then this is how we're supposed to be. And thank God for all of you who walk this way. And I know many of you do. But we walk this way and sometimes, you know, I've, I've rubbed Matt the wrong way and I've asked him to forgive me and he says he would. And then I doubt him. Well, I bet he's still thinking about that. I bet he's still holding that against me. No, what do I have to do? Allow that to be forgiven. And just go on. Because the, the devil loves to, to sow seeds in between people. He hasn't really forgiven you. Oh, and all that stuff you did for him. All those times you forgave him. All those times you did this. Oh, he hasn't. He couldn't do that. And it drives wedges in between, right? No, just hang on to this verse. Well, this is what the Word of God says. I know Matt. I know so-and-so. I know that they walk according to the Word and that they've just, they've just done that. Forgiving one another. But then he goes on. Let's look at the, the rest of the Scripture here. But above all these things, but above all these things, the word epi there means upon. Upon all these things, above all these things. So you take all these things. These are all good. But above all these things, put on love. Well, really, that's what he was talking about in all these things, wasn't it? Isn't lack of anger, not being angry with each other, isn't forgiving each other, isn't that all love? Isn't bearing with one another, isn't that love? That's how he says. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. We got to put on love. That's what's going to draw in the in the in the in the bonds that we need. This is what does it. When we have, when we walk in love, and we walk in such a way as I'm going to forgive such and such, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to get angry about this and I'm not going to let this drive a wedge in between me. I'm going to walk in the bond of love. This is the thing that glues people together. How many have ever done any gluing in your life? Now, in order to glue something, there are three things that are needed. First, the object that you are going to glue to, the object that is in need of gluing, and then the glue. Because you can take, you know, if you broke your favorite teacup and then the handle came off. And you know, they make that nice super glue that you can put all these things back together with. And it's a, it's a clean break and it looks like you can repair it pretty easily. So you take the handle and you take the cup and you put them back together, but they don't stay, do they? What do they need? Glue! They need glue. That's what love is. When we walk in love, it just bonds us together. It just keeps us together. It's not that we are so perfect. It's not that we are so great. It's because there is a bond in between us. And that bond is love. And if you're going to do this, this is how you walk on it. So put this on. This is what he tells us. Put to death those other things. Put this stuff on. This is what we should be having. I saw a, uh, there was a Peanuts cartoon. And you know, there's hundreds of thousands, I think, of Peanuts cartoons. So you probably have no idea which one I'm talking about. But in this particular one, Lucy was uh, having a discussion with Charlie Brown. She says, I hate everything. I hate everybody. I hate the whole wide world. Charlie Brown says there, but I thought you had inner peace. Lucy replied, I do have inner peace, but I still have outer obnoxiousness. 
Well, we want that inner peace to do something more than and do something with the outer obnoxiousness that we have, right? Here's he goes goes on. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. We have to let this. This is not going to automatically happen. Otherwise, he wouldn't say let it. Just because you're born again, this would happen. But he doesn't say that. He says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. We've covered this verse before. But you haven't been here when we covered before. I wanted to go over this part of it again. The word there for rule is the same word that we would understand better translated umpire. This is baseball season. Baseball season is finishing up. Football season is getting started. And pretty soon we're going to be in the hockey. They all have umpires. They go by different names. They're referees. They're line judges. They're uh, umpires, whatever it might be. They all have different names. But these are the guys on the field that decide stuff, right? They have been empowered by the league authority. They decide stuff. How many of you all know that the players on the field 100% of the time agree with the judge? How many of you can think of those times when John McEnroe did not agree with the line judge? <laughs> Boy, that was a scene, wasn't it? He had a temper. How many of you all know that sometimes players on the field, on the football field today, are not going to agree with how the referee called the play. Then the referees will go into a huddle and discuss it and see where they come come to a decision, but they're still not going to agree with that. You know, one team says, no, you favored the other team. The other team says, no, you favored the other team. But what the referee says stands. Isn't that right? They may argue, they may fuss, but that's what stands is what the umpire says. This is what we need to have happen in our life. Let the peace of God umpire your life. Let it judge for you. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The peace of God is to umpire your decisions. What happens most times is our head does. But the peace of God is to umpire our decisions. You should let the peace of God work more for you. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So here's three things that he said put on above all. First off was love, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, and be thankful. How easy is it to get out of being thankful? Oh, it's so easy. We can sometimes just gripe and moan. And How many of you all were thankful for your kids when they were first born? But by day two, you know, when they woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and then 5 o'clock in the morning and then they were still fussing at 8 and you had 10 poopy diapers to change. I mean, who does that? And then they got bigger and you had more things to complain about, right? How many of you got a dog, a puppy dog? And the first day were glad. And the second day had repercussions, had doubts. Hmm, not so sure about this. How many of you got married? And after the first week, hmm, not me, other people. You know, you have to talk about everybody here. 
my wife and I, we, we never had that problem, but we heard of people who did. And so we just bring it up for, for that matter. <laughs> did I do okay with that? No. <laughs> but sometimes we have, we have remorse on some things. We see that there's some problems that came on in. I didn't like those problems. Oh, it doesn't quite work the way that I wanted it to. You know, the, the day of cell phones. How many of you all know there are about a thousand different cell phones you can get out there? And you go out there and you shop around. And, you know, if you're a gadget guy like me, you really shop around for them. If you're not a gadget person, you don't shop around as much. But you still want to shop around and make sure you get a phone that feels good, that does what you want. And it looks good and you bring it on home. And after the first week, you didn't like that it does this and it does this and it doesn't ring right. I brought one phone home and it did not have a normal ring. I mean, it was just a normal phone. This was before they had smartphones and all that stuff. But, you know, I just want my phone to ring. I don't want it to do all the, all the bells and whistles and, and um, songs and, and stuff. I just want a phone that when it rings, it actually rings. And this phone would not, they had no rings on the phone. There were none. It's not like they were bad rings. There were no rings. You had to pick a song. Oh. I want to take that phone back. <laughs> just because it didn't ring. But I kept it for a while and worked around it. Just let it buzz most of the time. But You know, you can have remorse and all sorts of stuff. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and to be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. It is so easy to get into that spot where we begin to not be thankful and be complaining. I don't like that this phone does this. I don't like that this dog does this. I don't like that this house does this. I don't like that this car has this. And we stop being thankful. Ah, be thankful. Be glad. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it umpire your decisions. And be thankful. That's after being put on love. So those three things he's telling, above all things, work, work in this. So we've got to make sure we focus on it. So all that has to happen is we become less than thankful about something that's going on in our life. And we begin to utter complaints and we find out we're, we're changing the whole direction of where we're going. So how do we do this? How do we let the peace of God rule in us? How do we let the love of God be in us? How do we put that on? And how do we stay being thankful? Verse 16, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you adequately. How? Richly. It's got to dwell in you richly, which means you need to feast off this thing all the time. You need to get into the Word of God. All the, You need to stay in the Word of God. Keep pulling in more Word. Keep pulling in more Word. Get more and more. Let it dwell in you richly. If the peace of God is not operating you right, if the love of God is not operating you right, and you're not thankful, more than likely, the Word of God is not dwelling in you richly. You're not feasting off of it. You're feasting off of other stuff. But let the Word of, God, of Christ dwell in you richly. So just like I have to let the peace of God rule, I have to let the Word of Christ dwell in me. There's a, something I have to do. But too often we're not doing the things we have to do to have the Word of God dwell in us richly. You listen to some Christians say, Oh, I just want to hear the basic salvation message over and over and I'm just going to come in on Sunday and hear that. And then they go home and they don't meditate on anything else. What did Paul say? I would that I could leave the elementary principles. I would that I could get into stuff deeper. 
I would that I could leave milk and go on the meat, but I can't. He wants the Word of God to dwell in them richly. Of course, the more words you get, the more birds that come in among you to eat up the seed. and Sun that comes down to scorch up the plants and the roots and all that. We know that from the parable. That's all right. The Word of God's stronger and so are you. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Most times we get out of being thankful. We are no longer singing spiritual songs or singing with grace in our hearts. We are grumbling and complaining. We're just like the Israelites walking in the wilderness, grumbling and complaining. I don't have this. Oh, this should be better. You know, it could be shorter. Why did we have to go this way? I wanted to go that way. But no, Moses wants to go this way. And this is the way we came. And guess what? No water. My way would have had water. We go around grumbling and complaining. Be thankful. Be thankful. How many of you ever had a job and you were thankful for the job at the beginning and then you began to you know, have problems with the job and you began to become less thankful about the job and complain more and more and then pretty soon that job went away and you went out and got a new job and then thought back to that job. Boy, that wasn't a bad job. I, I liked that job. That was a good job. I wish I had that job now. But what were you thinking when you're in it? Grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> Stay thankful. Stay thankful. Be thankful for your family. Be thankful for your spouse. Be thankful for your friends. Thankful for the things that you have. Stay thankful. Be in that spot. Don't, don't let this other stuff begin to come up. Well, let the peace of God roll in your hearts. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, when we talk about this part about the, the peace of God rolling. How do we let the peace of God rule? How does the peace of God supposed to rule in our heart? Most times when we make a decision, folks, we just, we just look at something in the natural and say, well, I ought to go this way or that way. And we've told you before, that's not necessarily bad. It's not, you know, if you go shopping in the store and the Oreo cookies are on sale and the chocolate chip ones aren't and you decide to buy the Oreo cookies, I don't blame you. The next week you go in, if the chocolate chip ones are on sale and the Oreos aren't, I buy the chocolate chip ones too. Generally, when I go in the store and I go shopping, you know what cereals I buy? The ones that are two for. You know, instead of paying four forty nine for a box, you get two for five or something like that. That's better. And you can make a lot of decisions in that way. But there are other decisions that you're going to have. Like, should I change jobs? Should I buy a new car or fix up the old car? Should I do this or should I do that? Let the peace of God help you in that decision. Where do you have the peace? I tell people a lot of times, go out there, pray on it for a while. I sometimes, you know, just go out there, pray in the Spirit for a while. And then imagine yourself doing the first decision. Just think, let's go over it in your mind. And see, what does your Spirit tell you? You have peace about that? Nah, I don't, I'm not feeling peace about that decision. All right, now think about this in the other scenario. Think about taking that job or buying that car or doing... Do you have peace about that? Yeah. Yeah, I got peace about that. Let the peace of God rule you. And be thankful. So let that peace of God rule. Got a couple of scriptures on that too I want you to take a look at. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 15. This is where he describes that our to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. 
Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. The peace of God will guard you. It will guard you. Love, you put on love, love will guard you. You put on love, you're going to have a hard time disobeying any commandment. Jesus Himself even said, all the commandment is based on this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So you'll find the whole law hangs on these two things. Hangs on love. So love will be a guard for you. The peace of God will be a guard for you. Being thankful will be a guard for you. These are things that are guarding your life. And as soon as you stop being thankful, if you, as soon as you stop walking in love, as soon as you stop letting peace rule you, you are taking down some of the guards. You're removing some of the guards. Don't remove the guards. Guards are good. Because the devil wants to come. He wants to attack us. They want to, there's forces out there that want to attack the word in you. They want to take you down. Don't want you walking in victory. Don't want you ruling and reigning in life. And they want to pull you out. So have these things stand guard. Check it out. How you doing, thankfulness? Still standing guard. Good. Have you put on love? Have you put on the peace of God? Letting it rule in your heart. Are you putting these things on? Are you conscious of it? This is the thing. I have put this on. This is what I wear. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That should be our description. That should be what goes on. Not going around bickering and complaining and moaning and groaning and over at work and, oh, I don't like this job and all oh, this, that. No! Be over there. Be joyful. I'm not saying you can't acknowledge problems at work. How many of y'all know you're going to have problems at work? And you don't just talk to ignore them. Get in there and, and take care of them, deal with them and such things like that. But don't go around just constantly moaning and groaning and complaining. Be thankful. Let a thankful spirit come up on the inside of you. How many of y'all know we're supposed to do that? How many of y'all know we don't? Because it's hard to stay in the area of thankfulness, isn't it? It gets tough. And whatever you do in word or in deed, in other words, whatever you do with your mouth, whatever you do in your actions, whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Do all in the name of the Lord. Whatever it is you're going to do, if you're going to go out there and grumble and complain, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. How will that work for you? Oh, I, I don't feel right about doing that. Uh-uh. No, I can't grumble and complain about my boss. Can't grumble and complain about this over here. Grumble and complain about my car or my house or whatever it is. No. Walk this way. Let the peace of God rule you. And as soon as something comes in and gets you to be unsettled in the area of peace, just know one of your guard towers has been attacked. Set it back up again. No, no, no. Peace of God. Let's go. We need the Word of God. You need to be dwelling on the Word of God. What's the Word of God say in that situation? What does it say? That's what we need. That's what we believe. That's what we're staying with. That's my promise from the Word of God. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks. There's that thankfulness again. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So stay in this place of being thankful. Stay in this place of letting the peace of God rule. Stay in this place of letting love be the one that 
that rules us. Don't get into that place where we're looking at people. Well, that one's from here. They're no good. Well, that one must... No. Walk in love. Don't get into all that sort of stuff. So he said, no king guards the kingdom on his own. Use what God has given you to guard the kingdom. Put those guard towers up. Set your mind on what? Things above. Put to death the unruly members. Put on the new man. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. These are your guard towers. Let them guard you. Let them be there. They are there to let you know trouble is coming over here. A problem is coming over here. If we have a, the love tower set up and we begin to see some things threatening us there. Hey, hey, hey. Our kingdom is being threatened. They're coming in through this area over here. They're trying to knock you out of walking in love. Hey, hey, hey. Something's coming on over here. Trying to knock you out of being thankful. Trying to get you into griping, moaning, groaning, complaining, bickering. How about the guard tower that says, hold on a minute, the peace of God, it's, not, it's being shaken here. Let's get back on the Word of God. Let's let that Word of God dwell in us richly. Let's know what the Word of God promised us, what the Word of God said. You let these towers stand up there and guard you and you listen to them when they begin to, to say something, when they begin to toot the horn or sound the alarm. What do they say? Set your mind on things above. Put to death the things that are unruly. Put on the new man and let the peace of God rule in you. And then you have your guard towers. Make sure you stay in love. Make sure you let the peace of God rule in you. Make sure you stay thankful. Stay thankful. This is the way we, that God wants us to be walking. This is the thing that He wants us to do. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. Where are your guard towers? What are your guard towers telling you? What is the peace of God doing on the inside? That peace of God gives you the confidence. That peace of God says, it's okay. It's all right. If you go out in the battlefield and the enemy has a machine gun, but you have a tank. Are you at peace? Mm-hmm. Well, machine gun. <laughs> Go ahead. You shoot first. <laughs> Why are you at peace? Because I know what I have is stronger than what you got. What God has is stronger than what the world has. That's why we can be at peace, even though the world is in turmoil. We know where we're going. Glory to God. We know where we're going. Just stand up with me. Father God, we thank you for the peace of God which guards our hearts and our minds. We thank you for the love of God which when we put on love, which we walk in, in the way of love, alerts us anytime we are stepping into one of those unruly members letting one of those unruly members dominate. We are thankful, constantly thankful with you. Whenever we fall out of being thankful, one of our guard towers is telling us there's a problem. Father, I thank you. We keep these things going. 
We keep these things sure. We walk in such confidence with you. We are not afraid of the enemy. We are aware of him. We are aware of what he does and aware that there's a battle that we're in. But we have no need to fear. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us to rule and reign in this life through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the help that you give us to foresee things before they get here. Though this world wants to try and drive wedges between people, we will not allow it to work with us. We will stand. We will love one another. We will be quick to forgive, slow to anger, walking in the ways of God. We thank you for the help that you give us. This morning, if you're here and there's a situation that you are facing and you're feeling one of your guard towers has been giving you the alarm. You didn't know what it was until now, but now you've been hearing this. Oh, yeah, I see that. The peace of God, that alarm tower has been going off. The love tower. The thankfulness tower. Something's been going off and saying, alert, alert, enemy approaching. Something's coming after you. You want prayer this morning. Raise your hand. We'll pray with you this morning. For whatever that situation might be, that you would see what's going on. We want you to walk in the peace of God, the love of God, thankfulness of God.